they discovered this molecule, and we'll talk about that in just a second, in, in, uh, in 1985. They won the Nobel Prize by 1996. And you know that you're on track to win a Nobel Prize when they, when they add a symbol to chemistry, the language of chemistry, because of your discovery. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Thank you so much for being here today. We have a very special show for you. We are talking about a groundbreaking molecule that was discovered that has turned the supplement industry on its head. This molecule is going to help you get better sleep. It's going to help with your gut health and feeding those good gut bugs. It's going to help you live longer, age better, and just overall have better energy. I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, and today our special guest is Chris Burris, who is a researcher and a scientist and an engineer, and he really has focused on helping people live longer, healthier, and pain-free lives. He has a diverse background in the field of inventions and manufacturing. He's also the co-owner of a company that manufactures a unique product containing a Nobel Prize winning molecule that has been shown to extend the lifespan of test subjects by 90%. Chris, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to have you and learn about this molecule, ESS-60. And so why did the scientists that found this molecule, why did they win the Nobel Prize Award? Well, first, Dr. Broder, thank you so much yeah. for having me on my show. I love like uh, being able to share information with new audiences. And uh, and so we're going to dive right in and talk about this molecule, its impact on kind of gut health and, and other positive impacts it might have for, for your audience. So the question is, why did these guys win the Nobel Prize? And I'm going to I'm going to throw out kind of one little almost quip that that explains it. They discovered this molecule, and we'll talk about that in just a second, in, in, uh, in 1985. They won the Nobel Prize by 1996. And you know that you're on track to win a Nobel Prize when they, when they add a symbol to chemistry, the language of chemistry, because of your discovery. Right. So let's talk about that just a little bit. That's the teaser. Impressive. So, yeah, exactly. Right. Um because I don't know many people. I've actually met some of the the, the researchers, um, some have passed, but I, I don't know. Those are the only people I know who have actually added symbols to chemistry, right? So I'm holding up uh, the model of the molecule that they discovered, right? And it's a buckyball. That's kind of what people affectionately call it. For those of you who are listening, if you imagine a soccer ball, the bonds on the soccer ball, uh, the lines on the soccer ball represent the bonds between the carbon atoms. So you have this spherical molecule of 60 carbon atoms. And it happens to be big enough for any atom on the periodic chart to fit inside of it, right? And that's where this new symbol in chemistry comes into play. The at symbol, which never existed in chemistry prior to the buckyball, and it's the same symbol that we use in our emails, uh, is 
indicates that there's something physically trapped inside of it. Uh, so that's kind of the, the quip of why they won the Nobel Prize. In reality, the molecule is absolutely amazing. It's the first closed case molecule. Uh, so it's actually all enclosed. There's no free ends of the molecule. What that means is it's an incredibly resilient and strong molecule. You can actually fire it at 15,000 miles an hour at a plate of steel. Most molecules will just shred apart. Uh, the buckyball will just compress and bounce right back. So that's some of the features. The, the material is actually harder than a diamond. It turns into, di into a diamond. Um, it's got that six-fold symmetry, and it, and, and it performs as well or better than the current best material in almost every application. So better ink, better tires, better batteries, better photocells, uh, and, and the scientific community, think about something going viral, maybe in YouTube or on Facebook or whatever. You don't necessarily think about scientific discoveries going viral. In 1991, it's actually the same year I started my company. In 1991, all 10 of the most referenced scientific papers, so that's the papers that other papers are referring to, going, hey, this is what our research is following up on. All 10 of the 10 most referenced papers were related to the buckyball, hmm. right? So if you were writing a kind of early joke, I would tell my friends and family, hey, I'm working with a soccer ball molecule. I'm like, well, what's it good for? Well, the joke was it's really good for funding because it was such a viral experience inside of, inside of science that if you were writing a proposal about the buckyball, then you were highly likely to get funded. And in the early days, they knew a couple of things from a medical perspective, right? We could kind of bring it into the yeah. path that we're going to go good. on. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's really cool and geeky, but let's, yeah. let's talk about health. Exactly. Um, in the early days, they had a couple theories. So one of them was, hey, any atom on the periodic chart can fit inside of this. What if we actually introduce a radioactive atom? physically trap it inside of this buckyball. And then we actually know how to work with the chemistry of the exterior because it has a lot of parallels with benzene. And so we can attach things to it and maybe we can attach it so that, uh, attach something to it so that this molecule now goes out and attaches to a cancer cell and you're actually delivering a radioactive payload. Okay, to so a you've said a cell. lot. You've said a whole lot of like buzzword <laughs> terms, like buzzwords and bonding, and and so I don't think, I don't think the listeners have a biochemistry degree, so or maybe not. So so first, um, why is that important? Like that it can do that, and secondly you know, I think, why is that important? Okay. And when you're saying, why is that important? Why is the fact that you can do chemistry on it important? No, no, no. I mean, like, so I think like, why is it important that a benzene ring attaches to it? And then how does that relate back to, you know, what happens with cancer? Okay. Excellent. Right. So um, the benzene ring is incredibly important. In fact, we do not have modern society without the benzene ring. Right. If you just look around your office or wherever you're at right now and look at everything that's plastic, its foundation is the benzene ring. Right. Most medicines, their foundation is the benzene ring. Most detergents, the foundation is the benzene ring. So we don't have uh, uh, it, we do not have modern society without the benzene ring. This buckyball, so I'm actually pointing to one of the panels on the soccer ball. Right. Two for with six sides. That's the benzene ring. Right. 
And there's a whole bunch of benzene rings incorporated into this closed cage soccer molecule. So think about that. You've got this unbelievably important mo molecule, benzene, for society. We don't have modern society without it. And now you've got this buckyball with 20 of those wrapped inside of it, right? And it's got this closed cage feature where you could get something uh, physically trapped inside of it. So with benzene, they're able to make, they make medicines with them. They're able to say, hey, let's get this benzene ring and all these things that we've attached to it. Let's get it to go attached to a certain protein or let's get it to go attached to something else. And so we can get it to attach to a molecule. So if you've got this radioactive atom inside the soccer ball and on the exterior of the soccer ball, you've got this arm that attaches to a cancer cell. Now you can deliver that radioactive payload directly to the cancer cell. And just one other quick thing, early on, this was in the 90s, and there's actually patents related to this. This buckyball physically fits inside of one of the proteins for the AIDS virus and will inhibit the, the, the replication of the AIDS virus. So it will stop the AIDS virus and there's a patent related to it. So I just bring those two things up because very early on, they thought this might have significant ramifications in the health arena. Um, and those were kind of two of the original ones. Negative health ramifications or positive? Positive health ramifications. Always positive. Did they ever think that there was going to be negative ramifications with this? So, so there have been concerns about how this molecule might interact with DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, and those, all of those concerns are grounded in, um, in uh, simulations, right? So there's no actual put it in a petri dish or put it in an animal model and have it do anything negative and to the state we don't have any negative reports and it's turned into a supplement and we'll talk about like how it eventually turned into a supplement from this you know something that you put in tires and inks and batteries and photocells so, so why is this important for our health okay so in 2012 really because of the parallels with benzene they did a toxicity study, right? Benzene is unbelievably important for modern society, but it's also a known tox toxin and a known carcinogen. So if you have benzene on its own, leave it alone because it's, it's not safe. They assumed because of the parallels with benzene and this buckyball that the buckyball was going to be toxic. And they also assumed that we would be working with it on a grand scale. So they did a toxicity study. In that toxicity study, they gave rats water, rats olive oil, and then rats olive oil with this, we call it ESS-60 molecule. So if it's safe for human consumption, we call it ESS-60. So they gave rats water, olive oil, and olive oil with ESS-60. Again, it was supposed to be a toxicity study. Instead of being toxic, the rats that they gave really the My Vital C formula to lived 90% longer than the control group. That's the single longest longevity experimental result ever. The next best way to live longer, and it's actually got a lot of research behind it, is calorie restriction. If you reduce your calorie consumption by 30%, not 30% of the American diet, but 30% of your BMI index says that you should be eating, it's an important distinction, you can extend your life by 30%. The data is pretty clear on that. I call that the starve yourself one third to death diet. And it doesn't really seem like anyone's signing up for that. Maybe they need like a new marketing spin or something. Yeah, exactly. So where is this, is this molecule naturally occurring in our diet anywhere? Or where do we naturally get this molecule? 
ESS 60. Yes. So the first place is actually out in space. It's kind of why those three professors discovered this molecule. One of the three was an astrophysicist and had noticed a spectrum out in space and had presumed that it was carbon-based and came here to Houston. They actually discovered it here in Houston at Rice University uh, to Dr. Smalley, who had a special piece of equipment to kind of do some tests, right? So out in space, and it's been confirmed, there are lots of buckyballs out in space. It's also naturally occurring if you collect the soot from a candle flame, right? Usually you do that by holding a cold metal plate over the flame of the, of the candle, and you'll collect soot on that. That soot has parts per million, parts per billion of this buckyball. So absolutely, it's a naturally occurring molecule. If you want to manufacture it, or if you want to find appreciable quantities that we could say throw in a supplement, then you do need to manufacture it. But one thing that's very interesting, it's, it's not like a synthetic hormone, because in organic chemistry, you could have the exact same chemical formula for a molecule, and it can have a right angle or a left angle on it. So even though it's got the same number of, of, uh, of atoms in it, of the same kind of atoms, that little angle can change what that molecule does in your body by a significant means, right? So one can be beneficial, one can be detrimental. When you're manufacturing this soccer ball shape, again, I'm holding up that soccer ball shape, there's only one configuration, right? It's 60 carbon atoms that look like a soccer ball. Whether you get it in nature, whether you manufacture it, there is no skew to it. It's not right-handed or left-handed. It's just that ball. So it's a naturally occurring molecule um, that has this 90% extension of life study associated with it. So really, I mean, I think the only place you're going to be able to get this is in a nutritional supplement. I don't see a lot of people going to outer space. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Um, And I also don't see a lot of people just like licking uh, soot. Yeah. Yeah, And a candle. I I mean, I don't see that. And, you know, so, so, I mean, really, is that correct? This, the real way to get this is through a nutritional supplement. Absolutely. And so if we're doing this, like, what are we seeing, for example, um, with, gut health benefits of this molecule? So one of the cool things about our product as it relates to gut health, right, is the fact that our preferred oil, and in fact, the oil that was used in that original study, remember they gave rats water, rats olive oil, and rats olive oil was with, with ESS-60. Those rats, again, the My Vital C rats lived 90% longer. The rats that they gave olive oil lived 30% longer in that particular study. So we understand that olive oil is good for our gut health. There's a there's a, a, a famous author, Dr. Gundry, and he talks about how important it is to, he calls them your gut buddies, right? So those are the beneficial bacteria that are in your gut. That olive oil is really beneficial to those good gut buddies, those beneficial bacteria. And uh, he actually says that the purpose of food is to get more olive oil into your mouth because that's how important olive oil is. If you think about, okay, great, you've got a a very learned man, Dr. Gundry, talking about the benefits of olive oil, and then you have this study where those rats live 30% longer, then you're looking at a pretty compelling argument that you should at least be consuming olive oil, um, you know, if even if you're not after the 90% extension of life that occurred for those rats taking the My Vital C formula. 
And so is this just boosting up your good bacteria? Is that what you say, gut buddies? It's feeding your good bacteria per se? Well, in terms of gut health, yes. In terms of longevity, right? So a lot of people ask, hey, these rats live 90% longer. Why? Like, what is the reason? The short answer is really that there are people a lot smarter than me who are ultimately going to figure out why those rats live longer, right? So that research is ongoing. Um, What's interesting is the current thought process in the medical community about aging is that aging is an oxidation and an inflammation process. So through oxidation and through inflammation, we're experiencing aging in our bodies deteriorating. It's not surprising that something associated with a 90% extension of life is a known antioxidant. So there's one study that shows it to be 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. By the way, I don't think that's the end all be all. Moringa root is supposed to be a thousand times better than vitamin C, but you don't see any studies where rats given Moringa root have lived 90% longer. So it's an important piece, uh, but it's not the end all be all of the product. The other is, so uh, inflammation, and you, you may know this, a lot of people don't. When it comes to the FDA, you have to be really careful when you're talking about inflammation. So unequivocally, I can say that this, that our product helps with the inflammation associated with exercise, because that's the only inflammation that the FDA has defined not to be a disease, right? And the FDA is in the disease business managing uh, what people say about products as they relate to no disease. No kidding. Really? That's it, huh? They have defined a conversation about inflammation as being a confirmation about disease. We know that the mechanisms are very similar, the inflammation from a, you know, an, an intense workout and from whatever, putting bad foods into our body, those inflammations are, well, they're inflammation. <laughs> and it's interesting that we can say that it helps with you know, uh, inflammation caused by exercise, but we can't say that it helps inflammation caused by other things that might cause inflammation. So you gotta be careful. What I can say is it fits perfectly and your audience can read between the lines. It fits perfectly in an anti-inflammatory diet. And those diets are known to re for reduce incidences of stroke, reduced incidence of heart attacks, uh, and the blue zone people who tend to live longer than the, you know, the average person on the planet. Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe. After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at dranmariebarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support, pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally, or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit dranmariebarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Anne-Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode. Yeah, so, that, 
everything you were thinking, thinking, talking about made me think of the blue zones, the blue zones. But this wasn't, and, and forgive me, it's been many years since I've read that book. This wasn't incorporated. This molecule wasn't incorporated in, in the blue zone study. Am I correct? Okay. Correct. I was no. just, I was just curious there. Yeah. And the blue zone, to, to be fair, right? Part of it is the diet and part of it is their, um, it's almost not even exercise for them, but they, you know, they tend to walk a couple of miles uphill. Like they tend to have good physical fitness. Um, and they also tend to have really strong social connections. Mm -hmm. So those are all things tied into that blue zone of people, but, a but an anti-inflammatory diet is one of those key components is, is what the medical community believes. So, so you look at a aging as, as inflammation and, and uh, oxidation, and you look at this particular product as a, a good antioxidant, a great antioxidant actually, and really good with inflammation, at least as it relates to exercise is the way to tap dance around that. And so that's kind of not surprising. We also know that the molecule is incredibly small. So I had to kind of go back and double check this. There's 60 atoms in this buckyball. That's really simple. And I'm going to throw out a quiz and, and you're going to get it wrong because I got it wrong because the number is astronomical. Approximately how many atoms are there in a cell? Oh, I don't even know. It, I don't even know. A hundred trillion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've got 60 carbon atoms and every cell in our body, by the way, there's approximately a hundred trillion cells in our body. Every cell in our body has a hundred trillion atoms, just to give you kind of the scale of this molecule compared to everything in our body, everything of significance. And so we know that it crosses the blood brain barrier. We know that it actually gets into the mitochondria, right? So the mitochondria exists in every cell and is the powerhouse of the cell. So it goes through an ATP process that generates the energy for that particular cell. No mitochondria, no energy for the cell, no cell, no person, right? No living things, actually. That mitochondria is everywhere. Um, so if you were to get a room full of physicians together who are mitochondrial experts, and you said, hey, if we could, if we could get a free radical sponge, because one of the things about the ATP process is it spins off what are called ROSs, reactive oxygen species. Those are the species that the vitamin C, that the antioxidants are in there to try and absorb and get out of your body. So if you ask this group of physicians who are mitochondrial experts, would it be beneficial to have a, a free radical sponge inside the mitochondria while it's going through the ATP process, they would all raise their hand and say, yes, that's probably a very good thing. Well, this buckyball can get into the mitochondria and, and, and participate in that, in that ATP process. Okay. What me, it's doing I, exactly, oh, we don't know. Yes. Can I, no, can I take you back? Um, just because again, yeah. there were some buzzwords. And so I want to just, you talked about it crossing the blood brain barrier, which I don't think people know how significant that is. So can you explain why a molecule that crosses a blood brain barrier is important? Like yes. what is that important yeah. for health wise? Yes. So there is a barrier, it's called the blood brain barrier that basically keeps larger molecules out of our brain, larger molecules like viruses and bacteria, right? So you want to keep those types of things out of your brain. That's the purpose of the blood brain barrier. Um, so often when something crosses the blood brain barrier, you have first concern, 
because if it's new and it's in the brain, you're concerned about what kind of impact it can have. And then also excitement, because if you can get something into the brain and it can do something that's beneficial, then you absolutely want to do that because those larger molecules that tend to make up uh, standard medicines aren't able to cross the blood brain barrier. So that's, that's why it's significant and, and important. And I think the other thing with the mitochondria that you're talking about, the, the mitochondria being really helpful for us with anti-aging, with us being able to deal with, okay, I'm eating a lot of sugar tonight. I'm eating a lot of processed foods. I'm eating fats that maybe aren't very good for me, like trans fats, et cetera. And so your mitochondria and your glutathione are actually going to take care of that and help with that process. But you can ultimately, when you really um, go after it, you can ultimately deplete your glutathione, which is a huge, important piece, right? So the mitochondria are really important in aging. Like if you see somebody that suddenly goes gray hair all of a sudden, then we know that they've depleted their, you know, for example, their glutathione stores, right? So, um, so in, in mitochondria is also important for our energy, right? For our aging. Is there anything else that mitochondria is, is really important for? Well, so it's interesting. Um, we're going to tie this to something that is, um, arguably the most, well, it's certainly a pillar of health and that pillar of health is sleep, right? So that mitochondria goes through an ATP process. The, the A in ATP is adenosine. Your body, as that A is released, you get a buildup of adenosine in your body. And that buildup actually causes us to desire sleep. So the longer that builds up in our body, the more we desire sleep. When you go to sleep, it actually relieves the chemical pressure of adenosine and actually allows you to wake up without the desire for sleep. So that's obviously a very important piece of this sleep process. In our case, our most consistent testimonial is our customers take the product in the morning, they report mental focus and energy during the day, and then better sleep that night. Now that sounds nice and you're thinking, okay, like maybe I wanna try that. If you stop for a second and think, okay, what else can I do or take in the morning to help me sleep at night? And there really are, I'm aware of only two things. There's nothing that you can take to help you sleep that night in the morning, right? So you could take um, valerian root can be very useful for sleep. You can take um, melatonin. Actually, you got to be very careful because it's a hormone that has a delicate balance and everybody's balance is different. But those you take at night, The only things I'm aware of that you would do in the morning are potentially exercise. If you exercise in the morning, you will sleep better that night. Also, if you get exposure to the sun. So that's the process of getting our bodies in line with the circadian rhythm, the rising and falling of the sun so that we tend to fall asleep as it gets darker. Other than those two things, I'm not aware of anything that you take in the morning. In fact, it's the opposite of these the sleep aid industry, right? really good book out there by Dr. Mac- Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep. Hmm. It's the scare. Have you read it? No, but I've heard of it and I'd oh. like to. Yeah. yeah. It's the scariest book on sleep you will ever read. I call Fantastic. it the Freddy. Yeah. I call it the <laughs> Freddy Krueger of sleep books because um, it will scare you to sleep, not awake. Uh, because he, he spent 25 plus years in sleep labs 
studying sleep, studying the negative impact that sleep has on your cognitive abilities. I don't know if you know this, right? We do a, we do daylight savings time twice a year. And when we gain an hour, heart attacks go down by 20 plus percent. And when we lose that hour, heart attacks go up by 20 plus percent. So sleep impacts your cardiovascular health. If you go with, with without sleep for two days and you take a blood glucose test, you will show up as a diabetic. Even though you haven't changed your diet, you, well, you probably have because sleep has an impact on that. But you, 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 the lack of sleep is what's causing that impact on your uh, insulin system, right? So, so sleep is is of paramount importance. And he, and and Dr. Matthew Walker talks in the book about the $2 billion sleep aid industry. It is, I did air quotes too early. <laughs> it's actually a $2 billion industry and it's the quote unquote sleep aid industry because those you take right before you go to sleep, they knock you unconscious, you wake up. And again, that chemical pressure adenosine has been relaxed. So you wake up without the desire to sleep, but the data is very clear. You don't get the REM and the in-REM sleep which is the healing and restorative sleep that you actually need. That is the benefit of sleep. I, I would argue that sleep is the best restorative and healing medicine you can possibly take. Mm -hmm. Get that sleep. That's really important. And again, those sleep aids, you take them right before you go to sleep. Our product, you can actually take in the morning and report better sleep that night. So I want to make a comment about melatonin, if that's okay. Um, yeah. What, you know, I run a lot of testing and so I will run, you know, Dutch tests, which are hormone tests, which actually check melatonin levels. And what you'll see, it's really interesting is people will get rebound fatigue if they've been on melatonin long-term for, for sleep. So they'll get rebound fatigue and their melatonin levels will be in the thousands, you know, and, and you can get a false reading if they took it right before the test, but they'll be in the thousands. And what you see is almost a rebound fatigue fatigue the next day, like they can't get through the day because they have so much melatonin in their system. Right. And so yep. it's just like, they can't, yeah, they're, they just have too much melatonin circulating. And then there's, there's problems, I think during the day, you know, with, with serotonin and, and melatonin, you know, getting the sunlight right. to know what time of day it is. And then later on at night, you convert to melatonin, et cetera, like long story. But anyway, yeah, I think that sleep is probably one of the most common complaints that I see in practice. Um, people get bloated, they can't sleep, um, and they have fatigue. I'd yep. say that those are the top three. And that's our number one testimonial is that, that again, people take it in the morning, report better sleep at night. What's interesting about melatonin, right? Because it, it has a place. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is the, I, I think, and I can't remember exactly. So in, again, in that book, Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker, amazing book, he talks about melatonin. He talks about melatonin its purpose in your body is the firing gun to tell your body it's time to go to sleep, right? And if you take too much, then that can cause grogginess. And that's what you're talking about. It's that fatigue. Because imagine if your body is going, hey, it's time to go to sleep at midnight, right? And you've been asleep for two hours because you took too much. Now it's one o'clock in the morning and your body's still going, hey, it's time to go to sleep right? So that can cause problems and interrupt your sleep. Um, and you've also got to time it right. You've got to take melatonin really about one to two hours before you go to sleep. It's got to be a really tight um, window in order to get it at the right time. Because again, you want that firing gun to go at the right amount at the exact right time. So it's it's a pretty tricky thing to, it, it definitely impacts your sleep. It's a pretty tricky thing to get right. 
Right. So if this is, if your product is affecting energy, excuse me, it's affecting energy, it's helping sleep. Have you done any studies on what it's doing with cortisol? We haven't done any cortisol tests, right? My first thing, let me talk a little bit about how much I didn't want to be a supplement guy. Like I I didn't, (laughs) you know, I've been manufacturing this molecule since 1991. They do this crazy study in 2012, uh, mid 2013, we started getting phone calls from people going, Hey, how much in a dose? And you have to picture me. I'm a carbon nanomaterial scientist. I got my carbon nanomaterial scientist hat on and I'm like a dose. I mean, you put this in tires and inks and batteries and photocells. You don't put this in the body, right? We actually added not for human consumption to all of our labeling. So think 1991 until mid 2013, we didn't have to worry about telling people not to consume this product. And then we add it to the label. And I want to be really clear. The data was really clear. Even in 2013, especially coming off of this quote unquote toxicity study, the molecule when you process it properly is safe, right? But we're just conservative scientists really weren't interested in getting in the supplement industry, not for human consumption. So mid 2013, really until late 2017, when a guy with a big YouTube following started talking about all the benefits he was getting from taking the product on a daily basis. So we we would get phone calls, we'd get two phone calls a week of people saying, hey, this is really doing good things for my knee pain. And we would be like, you mean the knee pain of your rat, right? Because you know, it says not for human consumption on the labeling. Um, That was about two calls a week. Then in coming into 2018, we're like 10 calls a day. So my business partner and I, so one of the things I did is I like, I have this opinion about the challenges that exist in the supplement industry. And I found a a peer reviewed published article that confirmed all of my concerns, which is 50% of the products that are on the market do not have in them what they say they have in them. This is a peer-reviewed published research on supplements in general, right? And like, you know, we've been delivering to research institutions around the world, some of the most prestigious institutions around the world. Do I really want to get into an industry where like the bar is at 50% of what you sell has what you say you have in it? Um, And then I, I also thought, well, we really just asked ourselves two questions, right? The first is the most important. It's a moral question. Am I comfortable selling it? So I take it, my wife takes it, everybody, and we can talk about that because that has really relevant messages for your audience. Uh, everybody on my team takes it. And so uh, absolutely, I'm comfortable selling it. And then you've got the legal side of things, which is the FDA and the FTC. And we're following their guidelines. We're following them to a T because that's how you have to do it with the FDA and the FTC. Um, and so that's when we really launched it in twenty in, in 2018 uh, and brought this product out. So um, let me talk a little bit about how I think most people become supplement, comp- uh, 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 supplement guys, right? I think most people decide there's one of two ways. They either, they decide that they want to be wealthy and that they want to do it with supplements. And I have no problem with people being wealthy. It's just not how I ended up as a supplement guy. The other is they've got a physical health problem themselves, or maybe of a loved one, and they solve it with supplementation. And now they want to save the world. And hopefully it doesn't surprise you. I am not against people saving the world. It's just not how I ended up here. I've been manufacturing this molecule since 1991. They do this crazy toxicity study. Again, toxicity study. In 2012, they publish it. And then somebody with a big following starts talking about this product. 
and that's really when we decided to kind of bring it bring it to market. Yeah, I think I think personally, I think supplements are great. I think they supplement a diet. I think they fix nutrient deficiencies when you're really looking at things and you're like, you're not getting this from your diet. They really can optimize health. But I think it's a really important lesson to know where your supplements are coming from and who is doing that, you know, and, and are you getting good quality in your supplements? Because, you know, I get asked on a pretty fairly frequent basis, like, can I go get that fish oil at Walmart. Ooh, I don't, I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You know, it's very bottom of the barrel. It's rancid. You just need to be really, really careful and think cheaper isn't better. So I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to add to that. Right. So you mentioned Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, so it's so, yeah, the go bigger, for it. The bigger retailer, right. Is Amazon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. True. And this is interesting. Our products are on Amazon because we want to make it convenient for our customers. But be careful, especially like, so Amazon has a rating system, right? Five stars on Amazon means good, right? And it really applies like this is a this is a wireless mic. If I want to go kind of read reviews about a wireless mic and whether it works good or not, Amazon's amazing for it. But if you're looking at a five-star review of a supplement, what does that even mean? right? So let's kind of run through this. Here's what it doesn't mean. Nobody took that one gram of vitamin C and weighed the tablet to determine if it was one gram and not 0.9 because nobody's got that scale at their house. No one took it to their HPLC machine, high-performance liquid chromatography, to confirm that it was ascorbic acid. Most people, I would say all of them, didn't even count the number of tablets that are in the bottle. So what does a five-star rating on Amazon for a supplement even mean? And it really, it just means nothing, right? So be careful and do the research, find out your, the original company, right? Make a contact with them and get a feel for them. Like, are they honest? Have, do they have a really good long-term pedigree? Are they in it just for the money? or there may be amateurs who are just trying to solve, to save the world, right? Because I, I don't think people trying to save the world um, are, would ever do anything intentionally wrong, but if they're just amateurs in the business, then they could, right? And that's, that's the concerns about the supplement industry that I have. Yeah, I think that's really a good point. You know, what we found out, there was a time we do um, practitioner supplements. You just can't get them on the open market, right? And there was a time where they showed up on Amazon. And what we found out was it wasn't from the vendor or the manufacturer that we were using, but someone had bastardized the labels. They had actually changed the labels. And so, you know, it was basically by the the folks that we tend to use, um, they went after them and were like, these are not, you know, this isn't correct. It got banned, but all of them came straight out of China. No idea what was in those things. None. So really kind of exactly. I think if you go and you see the vendor is the one selling it, like the manufacturer of the supplements and you've connected with them and that, that is in fact, their store that that's different. Um, but yeah, you have to be a very informed consumer. Off of Amazon uh, absolutely. For sure. and, and by the way, we make everything here, right here in Houston, all the way to the bottling and labeling is all done in this facility here in Houston. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, and let's, let's just um, touch on really quick how this has really helped your wife um, and yeah. yourself. 
So I'll start with me because this it, it, you'll you'll see why in here in a second. So I really am the geeky. By the way, the FDA has not evaluated our products. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease. Any testimonial that I share with you will either be my own, uh, and you'll you'll get a sense. I don't like oh I feel better. I like black and white data. I like mm-hmm. it used to be like this, and it's no longer like this. Sure. The testimonials that I share will be people where I've got chain of custody to the testimonial and we can get back in touch with them. If a, if I'm on the phone with a customer and they're like, oh, my aunt, his whatever toes grew back, like I'm not going to share that with you uh, because one, because their toes grew back and that's weird. Uh, and two, because it's I just don't have a chain of custody and that's sure. just not an appropriate testimonial to share. In my case, I used to get migraines. I used to get four to five migraines a year. Uh, and they, they, I had a spreadsheet. I'm that geeky scientist who had a spreadsheet back to 2014. I was trying to figure out like, was it my diet? Did I drink too much? Did I have a fight with a loved one? Like what was causing my migraines? Um, when I started taking the product in earnest in 2018, taking it on a daily basis, I didn't get a single migraine. You couple that with my wife. So my wife went through early menopause and she was getting migraines on a monthly basis. And I always remember the number nine because she got nine plus migraines. And the reason it's nine is because there's a medicine that they prescribed to her that they would only give her nine per month. And so anything after nine, she would have to actually just suffer through. Since she, it took me a while to get her to try the product. I have to be honest. But when she started on the product, uh, she's down to one migraine a month or every other month, right? And then she was premenopausal. It's helped her with her heat flashes. Um, and I'm trying to think of some of the other other symptoms that uh, that have uh, that have bothered her. But those are the first two that kind of pop out because the migraines were assumed to be associated with with menopause and premenopause debilitating. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Where can folks find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah. So we made a link for your particular audience so they can go to my vital C and the C stands for carbon. So myvitalc.com forward slash gut reset. Uh, they, when you go on that page, we've got kind of all of our products are there. You can find a bottle, a bottle's about $99. Uh, you can get it on subscription for $74.95. That's a 25% savings. And you can cancel that subscription at any time. And you, if you look at our reviews, we've got five-star reviews with Google. The staff is not trained to talk you out of your subscription. Uh, they're just trained to support you. So take advantage of that discount. There's also a coupon, a gut reset coupon. And it is, of course, gut reset. That'll get you an additional $15 off of your initial order. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge and and introducing us to new products and new things. So really appreciate you coming on today. And thank you everybody else for being here, being here and supporting us. We really appreciate it. If you like what you what we're doing, please subscribe, say hello, let us what let us know what you want to hear more of. We want to do more of that for you. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.